Welcome to another episode of Still Standing with Valerie Silvera. This is the place for inspiration and empowerment so that you can overcome shame, guilt, fear, loss, and grief. We are barely scripted, raw, real, and we even have a lot of fun. This is your place to get some tips so that you can begin to disrupt your trauma for good. Let's get started. Hello there, friends, fellow warriors. How are you doing today? Thank you for joining me on another episode of Still Standing with Valerie Silvera. It's really my honor to be here and to be imparting whatever wisdom I can and things that I've learned through my experiences and from a lot of other people and their experiences and their wisdom and their guidance and um, just able to share that with you and maybe help you even just with one little part of your journey. It's such an honor. So today I'm going to do something bold. You may have heard me say this before, but I'm going to talk to you about the middle finger from heaven. Now, I don't think that I got a literal middle finger from heaven. I don't think God does that. No. What I'm talking about is how it felt. I know. I'm just audacious enough, just brave enough, just courageous enough or foolish enough (laughs) to say things that other people are afraid to say. But let's face it. When the, you know what hits the fan, when all hell breaks loose, when your heart has been ripped right out of your chest, or you've had a hole blown in your heart, when the hits just keep coming, when you pray for something day after week, after month, after year and years and years, and you get the opposite. It feels like a middle finger from heaven, right? Sure felt that way to me. You may have heard me say this before, but for years when Jamie was in her addiction, I would pray for a miracle. I I really, I I knew that's what it was going to take because not just based on how powerful the addiction beast is and how difficult it, it is for anyone to overcome that, but Jamie didn't even seem to be trying that hard to be perfectly frank with you. She never made it through a rehab and she would get kicked out for using. So, I mean, that's probably not trying so hard. And she was always placing herself in dangerous places. Obviously, my daughter was shot not just once when she was killed, but she was shot 12 12 years and 12 days prior to that by her ex-boyfriend. So she just seemed almost intent on living in a dangerous place. So I just knew for Jamie, it would take a miracle. I also knew that God is still the God of miracles. So... I didn't know if he'd give me one, but I prayed that bold prayer. Each morning when I opened my eyes, my first prayer was for a miracle for Jamie to become clean, to come back to us, to live a happy, healthy, wholesome life with a purpose. I had a vision from really early on in her addiction that one day we would go and speak to high schools, that we would talk to people, that we would talk about the dangers of this world beyond the obvious what the drugs can do to you, but just the whole thing that I thought she would tell her story. So if you've read my first book or workbooks, I called Jamie Jordan. And as a matter of fact, I I was actually going to pen name my book. I wasn't even going to use my name. I've come a long way, haven't I? But the main reason I didn't want to tell Jamie's name is because I wanted her to tell her story one day because I 
just knew in my heart that one day she would tell her story. So when Jamie was murdered, it felt like a middle finger from heaven. I mean, I remember wait, well, I want to say waking up the next morning, but I haven't slept through the night in I don't know how long. And certainly after her death, I didn't sleep for more than an hour or two at a time. I just would have naps and naps. But, you know, when morning light would come and I would be in my typical morning pattern, I'd pray other times. But that morning, you know, that morning prayer that I'd done for so long, for years, I started to thank God in advance that Jamie was going to be clean because that's how bold my prayer was. It wasn't like, please, God, make her clean. It was thank you. Thank you for that miracle. Thank you that Jamie's going to be clean. I prayed it with conviction, which is how I think we should pray. So when I started to do that, that first day, I went, what, what the heck? What am I going to do now? What am I going to pray? I don't know what to pray for. And then I got kind of mad. I did. I got really mad. I got mad at God. Oh, I was mad at him. And I let him know. I let him have it. I screamed at him. And I did it out loud just in case he was so busy that day. He couldn't hear me. I yelled at him. You got this wrong. You blew this one, God. Yeah, me. I'm telling God. <laughs> me. Little old me telling God, you blew this. You got this wrong. She could have made such a difference in the world. Her story was going to be told. And I mean, I just went on and on and on. How could you do this to me? How could you make that choice? You could have jammed the gun. You could have caused a flat tire. You could have done any number of things to stop this from happening. I know you didn't shoot her, God, but you could have stopped it. And you chose not to. That felt like a middle finger from heaven. Can you relate? I hope, I actually hope not. <laughs> I hope that you haven't had anything so horrific that you can relate. But I have a feeling that most of you listening can relate to this, right? Even if you haven't wanted to speak it out loud, even if you haven't, hadn't wanted to tell anybody or say anything because you thought it was being irreverent. Here's the thing. God already knows what we're thinking. Okay. So I didn't, I don't, I'm not worried that I said it out loud. I mean, I figure he's been yelled at by a whole lot better people than me. But that's just how it felt. So the question then, of course, you must be asking yourself is, where did I go from there? Because I think when some people feel like they got the middle finger from heaven, they lose their faith. And I understand. I've been tempted. I have been tempted, not just that day, many times many, many times to say, you know what, God, I've been praying. I've been trying. I've been trying to hear from you. I've been trying to do the right thing. I've been trying to help people. I'm, you know, spending my own time, money, resources, energy, 24 seven, thinking about how to help people. And this is the thanks I get really. I mean, of course it had to be all about me <laughs> and this is the thanks I get. I mean, you know, I mean, let me just logic this through God couldn't Jamie be alive helping? You know, I mean, wouldn't her story be so impactful? I mean, what are you, what were you thinking? And even since then, why aren't you making this mission easier for me? If it really is helping people, because I hear it all the time, why wouldn't you allow me to help a hundred times more people, a thousand times more people? What is the deal? So 
sometimes we feel like we get that one big old middle finger from heaven. And other times it feels almost like, you know, I, I, I'm picturing, you can't see me, but I'm picturing, you know, the Italians do that thing with their, with their hand where they're putting all their fingertips together. And it's, it's kind of that, you know, that gesture. <laughs> I almost feel like I'm getting those sometimes too. So what do we do? Well, the first thing is, I think, what for me anyway, I had to think about what's the alternative. And I've talked to other people about this, by the way. This isn't even just something I've experienced. I have spoken to other people who feel like they have gotten the middle finger from heaven. And maybe they didn't express it in that way, you know, with the middle finger, but they get it. When I tell them that perspective, they go, oh yeah, I get that. That's what it felt like. And we all seem to come to an agreement, at least those of us who are believers. I mean, if you don't believe in God, then you'll have to probably, you know, use whatever other ways that you can, you know, take this and use it in some other way, modify it. I don't know. I don't know how, uh, but we just think about what's the alternative. So is the alternative to just get so mad that I, you know, give the middle finger back, even though, again, I don't think God gave me the middle finger. Don't go out and quote me that God, Valerie says God gives middle fingers. That's how it felt. That's what I'm saying. So what do I do? Go give him not just a, a how it felt, but I go actually give him one and go about my way. And then what? And then what? what? What will I do from there? If I don't have hope for an afterlife, if I don't have hope that I'll see Jamie again or that, or that Jamie's okay, if I don't have faith, if I don't have God to help fight for me, because I absolutely believe we are in a massive spiritual battle and if I don't have the angels fighting for me, and if I don't have God fighting for me, I don't want to try to fight by myself. Now that really scares me. I mean, I often think of life like a Harry Potter movie. You've seen Harry Potter probably at some point. And I picture, you know, the, how they had those demons that were flying around and then, you know, all the good people would be flying around fighting off the demons. And I think that if we could see the spiritual world, if we could see it, it would probably terrify us because all around us are so many demons, but there are angels fighting for us too. I believe that. And so I wouldn't want to have those angels not fighting for me. Even though I think that the more we walk closer to God, I think we have more, <laughs> more evil coming up against us. But I also know that we have somebody who's fighting for and with us. And so that's the first thing I did. I just considered the alternative. The other thing was, I tried to allow for the possibility that there is a bigger picture that I don't know about, that God actually might know a thing or two that I don't know. And so maybe I was just trying to find comfort for myself, but I came to believe that Jamie being allowed to be killed was probably sparing her and us from a lot worse. And you might be sitting there today listening to this. You know, you haven't lost a child. You don't understand what I'm saying. And it sounds crazy for me to say something worse. What could be worse, Valerie? Have you lost your marbles? Well, we'd already been through a lot with her, as you know. And, and you don't even know it all. Maybe it was going to get a whole lot worse before she went on to heaven. You know, who knows where her life could have ended up, what we would be facing and then face her death. And so I know that nobody's going to kill her again. I know that she's not going to put needles in her body. I know she's not going to put herself in 
unsafe situations, that brings me some comfort. And so I have to believe that there's a bigger picture at play that I don't know what was prevented. I don't know why he didn't say, yeah, you know, hey, Valerie, good idea. You guys could go together and you could go to high schools and you could talk to people and Jamie would really connect with people. And, and, oh, she would, you know, I had thought of that, Valerie, but good idea. <laughs> um, I don't know why he didn't think my idea was a good one because I still do. I don't know. But apparently I'm not in charge. <laughs> I'm not in charge of things down here or up there or anywhere else. And so I just have to believe that, that there's a bigger picture. I don't know all the chess pieces that are on the board. I don't know all the moves that are going to be made. You know, I don't know the future. And he does. And so I just have to go, okay, let go. Let go. Quit trying to control things that you have no control over. Quit fighting against it. You know, it's, it's like, have you ever rowed a boat? Okay, my friend and I tried to row a boat at Green Lake. I remember when we were maybe 11 years old and we literally did not know how to row this thing. We were going around in circles. Of course, we were laughing our, you know, what's off, but we were going around in circles. We couldn't row this thing. And if you've ever gone in a kayak, I've only gone in a kayak in nice, smooth, smooth waters, but I've watched people. I've watched these kayak competitions and they are literally going against the current. Whoa, that's tough. It is so hard. I mean, it's hard enough to, to maneuver a kayak in smooth waters or a rowboat when you're going with the current or even on a flat surface. But going against the current is beyond tough. And so I often think that this is what I've done a lot of my life. I'm in God's current, right? But I'm trying, I'm got my boat turned around the wrong way and I'm trying to row upstream and I'm trying to go against the current because I think it should go like this and I want it to go like this and you don't understand and this is how and I'm trying to, you know, I'm a person that, that figures things out. I have one of those minds that's always constantly thinking and, and finding solutions. I'm a bottom line, put a period on the end of the sentence, check things off the to-do list kind of person. And so faith has been tough for me. I'm trying to row that boat upstream. Come on, God, just eh, eh, give me a little bit and I'll get past this other part of the current. But why don't I just turn my boat around and go downstream? I mean, really, are you that stubborn? Hey, I'm Scottish and Irish. I can't help it. And, but I just think sometimes, you know, I just had to do that, guys. I just had to turn my boat around because it was exhausting. Am I 100% there? Of course not. <laughs> of course not. I'll be fighting that desire, that, that um, I don't know if it's even desire, but that kind of habit maybe to try to fight it and paddle upstream probably my whole life. So when you feel like you've gotten the middle finger from heaven or that Italian thing, I think about my friend Donna who's in our Warriors and Hope and she was just in Italy um, I'll have to ask her. I'll just ask her to show me the Italian thing. Hand gesture. If you feel like that's you, just consider the alternative to not just, you know, letting it go. Consider there, there might be a bigger picture at play, that there's things that you don't understand. And your life is too valuable. It is so 
every single person. I wish I could just get with every single person and hear a little bit about their story and then even have them try to convince me that their story doesn't matter and that it doesn't have value. It could be any story of any kind and I could refute it. And that's what I'm saying about your story. Your story matters as much as mine, as much as somebody who's has a Pulitzer Prize winning book, somebody who's won a Nobel Peace Prize. Your story is just as valuable as Mother Teresa's. We're not in a competition, but your story has value. So don't allow yourself to feel like a victim, to lose your faith, to lose your hope for the future. If you want to connect with me more, feel free to join me in my Trauma Disruptors private Facebook group. You can always go to ValerieSavera.com and check out other resources I have because we don't want to do this thing called life alone. We are in this together and it's time for us to disrupt trauma for good. Thanks again for being here. It is time for you to use your story to disrupt your trauma for good. Your story matters, so you've got to learn how to live it courageously. Link arms with me at ValerieSilvera.com. We are in this thing called life together. It's time to disrupt our trauma for good.